Hey, good afternoon, everybody. It is Friday, September 3rd. This is Anything Goes Podcast. Let's get it. All right, folks, welcome back. Hey, happy Friday. Hope you guys had a great week. Uh, We got the remnants of Ida where I live, and it was not pleasant. Uh, We had some nice flooding, uh, some bridges closed. We had a tree in my backyard that is uh, about three quarters of the way down. It's one of the smaller trees. We have some 20-foot privacy trees across the back fence, and this one's about... I'd say probably about 12 feet uh, tall, but yeah, uh, we got enough rain where it uh, ripped the roots right out and made it fall probably about, it's probably at about a 45 degree angle hanging down in the backyard. So I'll be out there at some point this weekend, tying that thing back up, hoping that it uh, reroots itself and we can move on from there. Hey, we got a lot to get to tonight. First and foremost, I hope I'm sending this out early today in the hopes that, uh, some folks listen to it so that you can be aware and jump on my Facebook Live tonight. I want to hear from you guys. Um, gotten pretty good response to that on Facebook, in the Facebook group. If you are not part of the Facebook group, go to Facebook, Anything Goes Podcast, and look for the group. Um, and we'll be on there tonight for... An hour, maybe two, maybe two and a half. I don't know. That depends on you guys. So I look forward to seeing you there. All right, so getting right into it here. I wasn't sure a month ago of the Republicans' ability to take back the Senate. Now, as of this week, my belief is that 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 is that may very well happen next year i think the house is a foregone conclusion i've said it before i think that there's uh, uh there's no love uh in the across the country really for uh, well i mean honestly there's no love for congress period across across the country anyway i think the highest approval rating i've seen for them in the last maybe seven or eight years is about 17 percent And that's across the board. That's not Republican. That's not Democrat. That is definitely a bipartisan issue within the country that Congress sucks. And I don't disagree with them. Having said that, I think the massive amounts of spending uh, that, that this Congress, controlled by the Democrats in both the House and the Senate, is going to take a toll. Uh, So I think the House, uh, and historically... Uh, and this ties into to President Biden as well. Historically, when a president's favorability rating is under 50%, which Joe Biden is, we'll get to that in a little bit, the House typically goes the other way. Here's an example. Under President Trump, President Trump's Favorability ratings at the midterms were 46%, I believe. The Republicans lost 40 seats in that midterm in the House. 
so right now, Joe Biden's sitting, depending on which poll you look at, at 43 or 44%, which is a huge drop in two months. It's a 14, almost a 14 point drop in a two month time period and only being in office for eight months. That's historic. That is a, you, you just don't see, and I think it was six points this month. So, or last month, I guess, August, it was a six point drop. Now, a lot of that had to do with Afghanistan, rightfully so. But I think that the Democrats are looking at anywhere between a 30 and 40 seat loss. A lot of swing districts in the in the House. The Senate, I wasn't so sure. Having said that now, again, as a result of President Biden's favorability ratings and the, the uh, percentage of independents in particular across the country that have waned on his support, uh, it's a very, very good possibility that the Republicans will take the Senate as well. Now, either way, and, and we're going to talk about this, this call for impeachment and stuff in a bit, but either way, it's going to make Biden a lame duck president after the midterms next year. And I think most people are okay with that. I think that most people now are looking and understanding. I've, I've noticed a drastic drop in the amount of liberal progressive hate mail that I'm getting uh, in support of Biden. I'm noticing a massive drop in the amount of rhetoric even being heard on just about any social media platform in support of President Biden. And that's telling. Now, what they're counting on is that America has a very short memory. Well, two things, really. Americans have a very short memory and the mainstream media getting off the negative stories. You know, just when you thought, just when you thought you could give credit where credit was due, like I did last week to the mainstream media who were legitimately actually performing their journalistic duties by questioning the White House and questioning Jen Psaki and uh, Secretary Blinken and Secretary Lloyd and the president. Can't really ask the vice president because nobody's heard from her. Still haven't seen her in quite some time. But just when you give them credit, just when you think that they're, they may have righted their ship a little bit, they go right back to normal. And this is how you know that the Dems are in trouble. When you have Rachel Maddow, Jake Tapper, Cuomo, and Bill Maher all smacking down the president for his debacle in Afghanistan, you know you're in trouble. You know, as a Democrat politician, when you don't have them on your side on an issue, you're in trouble. But just as quick, just as quick, if you look at 
how quickly this story for so the, the it ran it ran in most of the mainstream media for about three days, and then all of a sudden we're back on abortion. We're back on immigration, which I find interesting that, you know, he's not concerned about our southern border, but he sure as hell concerned about Afghanistan's borders. We had to be out of there because, you know, it's it's their sovereign nation. And and it, but that doesn't apply to America, Joe. I, I, you, you tell me. I don't know. You care about you care about the borders of another country, but you could give two shits about the border of ours. Anyway, I digress. So, yeah, you you know they're in trouble because if you look at the mainstream media today, not even one week past everything that's happened in Afghanistan, and it's getting almost zero coverage again. Uh, Fox News is covering it, of course. Who would expect less? Um, and you might get a minute or two on the other networks a day in coverage of Afghanistan. I mean, 13 soldiers, 11 Marines, a soldier and a sailor were killed. And it's already off the news. It's already out of their daily run. Not to mention this phone call that's now coming to light. Now, here, I, I don't know if you all know about this. So this phone call that was quote unquote leaked is basically where President Biden is telling the coward flee the country president, Ghani, I believe his name is, of Afghanistan. Hey, I know that basically this is what it says. I know that, uh, you know, it looks really bad that the Taliban's probably going to swoop in here pretty quick. But uh, you need to put basically you need to put lipstick on a pig and, you know, make it look good so that we can pull out of here and everything's good to go. And then what happened, whatever happens, happens. So he. In that phone call, he completely destroyed his own narrative that they had no idea that the Taliban was going to take over as quickly as they did. Mainstream media is not covering it. Like I said, I think Fox News is covering it. I've seen some stuff on Breitbart. But other than that, you've got almost zero coverage of this phone call. Now, interestingly enough, Isn't that what they impeached Trump over? A phone call that turned out not to be really anything. This is actually evidence that he lied to the American people and told them that we had no clue that it was this bad in Afghanistan while at the same time telling the president of Afghanistan, hey, you need to, you need to kind of you know, put a, put a good face on this, uh, even though we know it's not true. So typical hypocrisy. Um, and look, I don't, I don't just blame Biden for this. I don't just blame the Democrats for this. There's a lot of Republicans that 
uh, are just as culpable. I mean, we talk about audits. You know, I hear I hear a lot about audits, but what I'm not hearing is anything about the actual audits. I hear a lot of guessing of what's going to happen. Um, we, you know, it's kind of the same deal as as you know everything that you heard. You know, this is going to come out about Russia. This is going to come out, and and I don't I don't disagree that things should be audited because I think they should. And, you know, the typical liberal progressive line is if you've got nothing to hide, why do you care? Why are you fighting so hard to block it? So if that if that's your mantra, if that's your if that's your go to. Then why do you care if they're auditing anything? So I I just. Want to see and want to hear what's going on with those types of things and you're just not hearing it and hey uh, you know a lot of that is because again the mainstream media is not going to cover it it's not favorable to their position it's not favorable to their candidate to their party which is why you're not hearing anything about afghanistan anymore it's not favorable you know now you look at the the jobs numbers that came out this week, uh, not favorable to Biden. And we're going to talk about these polls, but the very go-to, yeah, you know, and it's the go-to for everything. The go-to is where can we put the blame? Because it can't be on the president, right? Can't be his fault. So this job, this job, weak job numbers that came out, are now the fault of the Delta variant of the COVID virus. You heard me correctly. That is who they're blaming. Or what they're blaming. So people aren't going back to work because now of the Delta variant of the COVID virus. Afghanistan was Trump's fault. Jobs are COVID's fault. I don't think anybody's buying it. I think people are waking up, which is good. But we have to keep our eye on the ball, folks. Because next next November is a long way away. And again, they're counting on us having a short memory. In cahoots with the mainstream media not covering things that are detrimental to the administration. Another thing that Biden talked about was in one of his, uh, I, I hate to call them speeches because they're really not even speeches. Uh, they're just kind of ramblings, ramblings on about things that don't really, I don't know. They just aren't in concert with what everyone's really thinking. And that brings me to this talk of, of uh, well, so before we get to that, Biden said in his quote unquote speech that, you know, he's had no indications that foreign governments have any issue with uh, anything that we did in Afghanistan. Well, I I'm not sure what planet he's living on because Aust uh, go watch an Australian news show. 
and see what they're saying about Biden. Go watch a British news show and see what they're saying about Biden. Go to C-SPAN when the British Parliament is in session and speaking about it. They absolutely thrashed Biden and, frankly, America for what happened in Afghanistan. So he's so detached from reality. And, you know, it's not surprising because I'm sure he's listening to uh, his his merry band of advisors who, uh, if you haven't noticed or if you haven't paid attention, are mostly all the same people that were advisors and in positions, political appointees under him and Obama. So it's all the same group. It's all the same people. So it's not surprising that the message is what it is. So this talk of impeachment, I hear a lot of people, a lot of Republicans, uh, conservatives, not uh, not necessarily elected officials, but just mainstream people talking about, well, we should be impeaching Biden. It's not going to happen. Impeachment is not going to happen. It's not going to happen for a couple of reasons. One, right now, the House and the Senate are both run by the Democrats, which they're not going to impeach Biden. And two, the Republicans just don't have the stomach for it. Frankly, they don't have they don't have the the ball. Mitch McConnell has already come out and said that impeachment's not going to happen. And then there's probably a couple of reasons why that is. Um, one, like I said, they don't have the stomach for it, um, and it is historically a negative tactic used for the party that uses it. So it's political. Uh, but number two, they don't want, and nobody wants the alternative. Nobody wants Harris in there. And then she gets to select who her new vice president would be, which would, I just can't see a, a Harris Omar White House. <laughs> you got Kamala Harris as the president and someone like an Elon Omar or a Talib or an AOC as the VP, that's just, that's just the quickest way to destroy this country even more than they're trying to do right now. So impeachment to me is completely off the table. Uh, it's a, it's a, I, I get it's a rallying cry and it's, 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 you know, maybe could he be, maybe, I don't know. They obviously they've impeached somebody for less. But it's certainly not the smart move, and it's certainly not a move that I would consider plausible at this point in the game. Now, that doesn't mean that, you know, months, a couple months down the road when Joe continues to blunder absolutely everything that he puts his hands on or everything that he puts Harris in charge of that we don't even know if she's doing it. by the way has anybody heard anything about her trip to vietnam or her her trip her trip to asia like there was absolutely no readout of what she did while she was there and 
miraculously, it corresponded with everything going on in Afghanistan. So she was completely out of out of sight, out of mind during that whole debacle. But it's not typical where you don't hear anything about it, about what she did, who she's talked to, why she was there. Nobody knows. So that's telling in and of itself that her own party doesn't even want her around when things are happening because she's a shit show and she's only going to make the shit show even more of a shit show if she's out there speaking. You know, it's interesting that, uh, you know, Biden obviously gets direction of who he is and who he isn't supposed to take questions from. And Harris, they just don't let her take questions at all. She's never available. And when she does get caught off guard by a question or something and it's on camera and she has to, she has to respond. It, she, you know, she has her little <laughs> cackle and then provides absolutely zero substance to an answer. So I, I get it. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants that alternative. So to me, impeachment's completely off the table at this point. And Honestly, rightfully so. Again, doesn't mean that they couldn't do it. They could. Like I said, they've used it for less. But they're not going to. And and at this point, I don't think they should. But let's not forget something here. Let's not forget the most important thing that's happened. We had 11 Marines, a soldier, and a sailor killed in Afghanistan for absolutely no reason. Now, there's a report out there that they had the bomber uh, on video with a drone, and they didn't strike. Uh, I mean, I couldn't tell you how true that is. I can only tell you what's reported. And that was actually reported on a couple of different uh, networks. So the validity of it, uh, it certainly lends itself to being true. And if it is true, why didn't he take the shot? Why wasn't the authorization given before our troops were killed? Beyond that, you know, you got the other debacle. Biden, when the bodies of these 13 came home, standing there on the tarmac, staring at his watch after the... So what happens is, is for each time a casket comes off, they render a salute. And then when the salute is over, they go back to... A military folks go back to attention. Well, every time they would end the salute... Biden would look at his watch. The father of one of the Marines that was killed said that Biden did it every single time, 13 times after every single one of the salutes were dropped. He looked at his watch like he had something better to do. The mother of one of the dead said that she was talking to Biden and basically, she was going off on him, blaming him for the, the death of her loved one. He rolled his eyes at her. 
and basically threw up his hands and walked away. Are those the actions of the commander in chief? Are those the actions of the president of the United States? When you're dealing with the, the families of our fallen warriors? No, no, they're not, which is another indication that Biden is out of touch with the reality. He's out of touch and incapable of doing this job. So we talked last week about Lieutenant Colonel, Lieutenant Colonel Stuart Scheller. He's the Marine Lieutenant Colonel who was relieved of command because he basically called out the Secretary of Defense, the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, the Commandant of the Marine Corps, he called them out to take responsibility for the deaths of these troops. So they relieved him of command. Well, he's come out with another video on social media. And he resigned, he's resigning his commission. And he puts it, he puts it quite plainly. He said, I could stay another three years, retire, and collect, you know. $2 million over the course of the rest of his life, over $2 million over the course of the rest of his life in retirement benefits that he would be entitled to, not counting VA benefits that he would be entitled to. And he's foregoing all that. He doesn't want it. He doesn't want it because he believes that there is a serious issue at the highest echelons of our military the generals, the political appointees, the secretary, and he's standing on his, he's basically standing on his sword on this. Now, he made kind of a, I don't want to say a threat, it's not really a threat, but he, he did indicate that they're going to, they're, they're going to need new jobs when he's done with them. I don't know what that means. He didn't give any context. He didn't He didn't give anything else like that. But uh, we'll see what comes of it. I mean, this guy basically just threw away almost 20 years of service because he's standing on principle. That's leadership. Leadership is doing what you feel is right, regardless of the personal consequences. And that's exactly what he's doing. He's suffering extreme personal consequences, financial, mostly. Financial for the rest of his life, mostly. Because he feels like this is wrong. And he's right. It is wrong. So kudos to him for standing up for what he believes folks we'll be right back all right folks welcome back hey so the most egregious thing that biden has lied about to the american people regarding afghanistan is the whole nobody left behind issue so not two weeks before Biden surrendered and flew out of it, flew everybody out of Afghanistan. 
he said that no American will be left behind. And Jen Psaki got into a big argument with uh, Peter Ducey at the White House uh, press conference about using the word stranded. Well, miraculously now, Secretary Blinken has used the word stranded. Uh, John Kirby, the, the DOD spokesperson, has used the word stranded. They've all come to the conclusion that, yeah, we did strand Americans. Now, the number's still up in the air because nobody really knows what the actual number is. Initially, the number of Americans, uh, the administration said the number of Americans that were in Afghanistan were somewhere between, somewhere between 10 and 30,000. They said that they flew out almost 6,000, but then said that there was only like 200 Americans left in Afghanistan. So those numbers don't jive, obviously. Other folks are putting the number of Americans that are left there that want to leave somewhere between 500 and 1,000. I mean, it's just, it, there's no way of knowing. But it's certainly not anything near what the White House was telling everybody prior to the evacuation completion. So, again, I, can we believe anything that comes out of this White House? Can we believe anything that they say? Is there a statistic or a number or uh, anything that we can believe that they're saying. No, I don't think there is. I don't think that there's anything that we can trust. And look, I it's probably true of every administration to a degree that, you know, they don't tell us the whole story. Sometimes they can't. Sometimes they just don't because, again, it's not advantageous to them to tell the American people what's really going on in a lot of these things. So... But this is big. I mean, you're talking about stranding and abandoning people to die. They already have all the biometric, $85 billion worth of military equipment to include biometric data of Americans and our interpreters, the interpreters who worked with us and other people who work with us in Afghanistan. So, in essence, these people have been left to whatever the Taliban wants to do with them. Now, there are private, uh, what's the word that I want to use, entities that are working behind the scenes to try to, to get some of these folks out. I mean, I don't know if you all heard the story, but this, this guy who, who's going by Mohammed... Uh, who actually rescued then-Senator Biden when their helicopter had to land and was stranded somewhere out in the middle of Afghanistan. This guy volunteered to go with a group to go and rescue then-Senator Biden, along with Senator Kerry and one other senator that was, that was on this helicopter. And he's calling for Joe Biden to help him get out. And they're silent. They're absolutely radio silent on whether or not they're doing anything. To, I mean, if a guy saved my life, 
out in the middle of a hostile foreign country. And then he calls and says, hey, I need help getting out of here. That guy's getting a ticket. <laughs> that guy's getting a ride in a up-armored Humvee limo to the airport to get flown out of there with his family. Call it personal, call it whatever you want, but that's what that guy's getting. And it's not just Biden. This guy, this guy volunteered to be an interpreter with our special operations forces on over 100, mission, 100 missions that resulted in firefights. So this guy was in firefights over 100 times with our forces and saved Joe Biden's life. And Biden's radio silent on whether or not he's going to help this guy get out and basically just leaving him on his own and his family. Knowing full well that the Taliban knows who he is. And that's the other great deception is they're saying, well, we're not aware of anybody who's, well, watch the news. Because every single news agency has had phone calls, video calls, all kinds of calls and comments from people that are there that are Americans or dual citizens or SIVs that are still there that you're claiming don't exist. So it's another part of the great lie of how this whole thing is going down. Folks, I really hope you come and join me tonight on my Facebook Live. I'm sure we're going to touch on a lot of these subjects, and I'm sure that uh, you guys have some great questions. Again, go to Facebook, look up Anything Goes Podcast the, uh, group. It's a public group. You should be able to find it. If you cannot find it before 8 o'clock tonight, email me at agpodcast13 at yahoo.com, and I will I will find you on Facebook, and I'll get you in there so that you can join. Folks, I hope you had a great week. I hope you have a great week this upcoming week. I'll talk to you later.